0: And I think, you know, when I make art and when I do music and when I make movies and stuff like that, I try to bring that flavor to everything I do, you know, there was something so interesting. I remember I was in college, I was in school for, for musical theater, and I really didn't feel like I fit in. I was coming to school with my fitted hat, you know what I'm saying, with my, the, my vernacular and the way I speak and the way I kind of carry myself, and it was very different from from a lot of the other students. And people would crack jokes about the way I spoke and and I would laugh it off. I'd be like, all right, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to outwork all of y'all. Y'all not even ready.
1: From NPR and Futuro Media, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Today, a portrait of Anthony Ramos. Actor, singer, and dancer Anthony Ramos first burst onto the scene in 2015's Broadway smash hit, Hamilton.
0: But we'll never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me.
1: You and there he landed the dual role of John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton. Since then, he's gone on to star in Spike Lee's Netflix series, She's Gotta Have It.
0: Mom, she named me Mars because she said I'm out of this universe, all right?
1: And opposite Lady Gaga in A Star is Born. Find somebody else.
0: Brian, I'll be back, I promise. Papa.
1: Most recently, he landed the lead in Lin Manuel Miranda's much anticipated film adaptation of the musical In the Heights.
0: I am you probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated.
1: At 28 years old, he's an emerging multifaceted artist with a fresh energy. On stage and on the screen, his easy demeanor and his smooth voice and dance moves make him seem like someone very comfortable in his own skin. And now he's bringing that confident and laid-back energy into his latest project, recording his own music. His debut album, The Good and the Bad, came out in October. I sat down with Anthony last month before Hamilton premiered on Disney Plus to talk about his memories of growing up in public housing in Brooklyn, how mentorship has played a central role in his career, and how he now finds himself in the room where it all happens. Anthony, ¿cómo estás? Welcome to Latino USA.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hello, hello.
1: All right. So, Anthony, it has been a few years now, but we have to talk about it because, of course, Hamilton, the original cast, is on Disney+. Plus. And I'm assuming this is, like, really exciting for you.
0: It's kind of wild to relive this experience that we all had. You know, we've all been out of this show for five years, I think it is. You know, some people more and have done it so many times. And to now, you know, all these years later, it's actually sooner than I thought. I thought this joint was going to come out. Ten years, fifteen years later, but you know I'm I'm grateful I get to share this experience with my family. Monsieur Hamilton, Monsieur Lafayette, In command where you belong. Are you saying no sweater? We're finally on the field. We've had quite a run. Immigrants, we get the job done.
1: You get this call to do a play at the public, and you know I I I know Lean Manuel. You know I saw him here in my Harlem park and, and I said, "Hey, Oh, well, you know, I'm writing a play about a musical about Hamilton. And I was like, Alexander. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, all right. Okay. Well, good luck, you know, (laughs) but of course, you know, you get in the play, it starts at the public and then it goes to Broadway. And for you, when was your moment where you were like, okay, wait a second. What just happened?
0: So there were two moments, right? And these moments were very close in time. But it was the first rehearsal that I went in and we did a run through of the music. And all of a sudden I hear that it was just piano and us singing. But Leslie came in and sang that first note. In the Caribbean by Providence and squalor. And then you know I came in. The ten father without a father, And then Davi came in. And I was like, yo, this is different. And this was in a workshop before the public theater. We did this. We did a very three presentations for only a hundred people. A small black box theater over there on Fifty Second Street on Tenth Avenue. And I was like, "Yo, like, I'll never forget the way people reacted." We did the first act with choreography and movement. The second act, we we just did behind music stands and we had costumes on. And the way people laughed and wept. And just the energy and the feeling that encapsulated the room after was like nothing I ever experienced. And and in that moment, I was like, yo, I mean, call me crazy, but I was like, this might be a smash. <laughs> and yeah, and then we moved to Broadway and then, you know, that was, you know, the rest was history.
1: So that was obviously enormously successful, and you've done really well since then, but you're someone who, I don't know, it seems like you're super connected to Brooklyn, to your roots, to the place where you grew up, to kind of like La Tierra, to the streets. Yeah. Why is that so important to you?
0: Because, I mean, I never lose where I'm from. It's such a huge part of me, you know, but I think, you know, it's a blessing that having come from where I came from, right, and, you know, from the projects and, Coming from a low-income neighborhood, and you know, thank God, overcome so many obstacles to be able to sit here with you and talk about all the blessings that have, you know, I've been able to receive, right, and albums and movies and th- so so on and so forth. You know, that stuff, that stuff didn't come easy, and for me to act like it did would be a lie. And and I do have a lot to be thankful for and grateful for, you know. And I worked hard for everything I did, but it, it does take. A level of faith and mm. a bunch of things and patience, things that are not in your control that had to go my way. For me, if you even be, you know, sitting here talking to you about all the things we're going to talk about, you know, so I guess, you know, I try not to forget that.
1: When you talk about your beginnings, you're like, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, the projects were there. It's Brooklyn. And those areas now, a lot of the areas that you grew up in, Bushwick and Fort Greene, are like super gentrified. And I'm wondering now how you put together what you lived through. You go there and it's a very different thing. And I'm wondering if that sparks memories for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Bushwick has changed for sure. You know, I go back and there's a coffee shop that wasn't there before. This person got bought out of their house and I'm like you know, they fixed the park near where my mother lives. And I'm like, I don't understand why the park wasn't fixed when I was a kid. You know, it's like, it's things like that, that I think about, like, it took the neighborhood to change. It took gentrification for you to fix that park. That one thing I love about going back is seeing the young, young kids who were just born, right? When I was like 12, 13, 14, now the grown people. Also seeing, like, some of the dudes on the block that kind of mentored me and gave me my nickname, right? I, my nickname was Franchise, you know, because my brother, <laughs> you know, my dad played baseball. My brother played baseball. And then seeing all them dudes on the block, still they like, yo, Franchise, you know, none of them call me <laughs> Anthony, right? Like, I'm surprised they even remember my real name because was all people called me in that backyard. We all shared the backyard in the projects,
1: you know. So I didn't know this about you. I was like, oh, wait, wait, he played baseball? But like the reason why you were called franchise was because you came from a baseball family. Right. And then it turns out the thing that happens, right, is that you're 16, you get injured. Mm-hmm. And so you can't kind of do that. When was it when you were like, wait a second, I, I can act. Wait, wait, I can sing. Oh, also, I can dance.
0: I think it was a combination of things. You know, I, I auditioned for a musical in my junior year of high school. It was at the beginning of the year. I thought it was a talent show you know, what I was auditioning for because I miss singing. You know, singing was always something I enjoyed. So I went up in here thinking I was going (laughs) to sing one song. But then next thing you know, the teacher's like, can you read the lines? And I do the lines and they gave me a lead part in the show. And at first I didn't want to do it because I was like mad intimidated. I was like, I can't even focus, you know, I was always cracking jokes. I could never sit still. And Sarah was like, just give it a shot. And I did and it changed my life you know and in that moment it wasn't only that i felt like oh i can sing or i can dance but it just felt like i was on stage and felt felt this passion for something that was greater if the same if not greater than playing baseball and I had never felt that before and then what was interesting enough it was the musical later on we did the actual main stage musical called Back to the 80s and Ms H comes up to me after a rehearsal she pulls me into the aisle and she just grabs me by both my shoulders
1: she's like this is what you need to do for the rest of your life wait so just so I'm just so I'm clear so there have been multiple times when teachers have said, wait a second, Anthony, hold on. There's something else that we're going to figure out here. And you you let them help you. Like, there's this teacher that you mentioned that pushed you to be in the play, Sarah Steinwise. And then there was somebody that you say is a Ms. H?
0: You know, I think I'm grateful. Like, her name was Ms. Hom violet We call her Ms. H. And Ms. H, she was the coordinator for a program called peer mediation that we had in school. And it'd be like a fight in the school and the two students would come into mediation and they wouldn't get mediated by adults, but they'd get mediated by their peers, by two other students. And she would train us and she had training in mediation. And wow, you know, she's like, I just, I want to mentor this kid. I want to be in this kid's life. Ms. H was and is a huge part of my journey as well. Hey there mama. Can you tell me how you been you know miss h was like i think you need to see mr jacobs you know he was my counselor You got a lot going on at home you got a lot going on and you're not talking to anybody about it you might need some Uh help with this Uh someone who actually is trained in social who's who can help you kind of dig through this stuff that you've been going through as a kid that Uh you can't if you've had a hard time understanding and finally i was like all right you know what i'll do it and that was a big step for me was getting therapy and i still do therapy twice a week now so it don't matter where I'll be coming home. I'll be coming
1: home I actually have to ask you this because you've brought it up a couple of times and I know that you talk about it generally but you have said you, you're the one who's like look, you know I was going through tough times. your teacher was basically saying, you know there's a counselor who can help you And she was noticing that you were dealing with mental health issues. And I'm just wondering if you can take a moment, And just paint one image of something that you think of when you think of and say that your life was tough as a kid.
0: I mean, I mean, I I can't even, it's so so much. It was hard, you know, we were poor. You know, my mother made like $30,000 a year, if maybe, barely, raising three kids. I don't know how she did it, by herself, my dad was on drugs at the time and and that was hard, you know, uh, seeing him high and not to go so deep, but like, it was crazy. Like I just, I didn't realize that I was in a home dealing with alcoholism, dealing with drugs. Uh There was violence in my Uh neighborhood. People were getting killed. One of my closest friends as a kid got shot right on the corner. But there was just that struggle that was just, it just felt at times like, how am I gonna overcome this? How am I going to overcome being poor, being Latino in a society that doesn't feel like it embraces us like that? You know, especially the nickname for Broadway is The Great White Way. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm reaching for something that already feels like the odds are against me. You know, and like me being Boricua, you know, we play baseball. You know, that was like the culture in our neighborhood. Like it was like, yo, you're going to make it sports. That's your way out. Uh Sports. And it was hard, like, realizing that I had so much trauma as a kid, too, You know, no kids should see a a blade getting pulled out on their parent. Right. I was witnessing people get jumped, me getting jumped before, like fights I've had, like things like that. Like I I remember it was crazy. My family, we always turned our trauma into jokes. My brother would come back home, your bloody T-shirt still from the night before, from a fight he had. We would all be up the next morning and he would share the story, but he would tell it in a way that was hilarious, Um. Like uh-huh. he would turn it into a stand-up comedy skit and I saw him from the corner of my eye. My man's looking at me, but he got two homies over here, one to the right, one to the left. He's like, all right, look, I'm going to get rocked on the left. But if I throw this right and I'll just be sitting there like in awe, like I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. It would just be crazy. But like my family, we we do that. You know, I think we we would kind of take these moments of pain. And struggle or, you know, and we turn them into like a song or like a you turn them into a skit, you know, crack jokes about it. Because, you know, the only other thing to do is cry, which is okay too, you know. I think trauma is something that we ignore so much, you know, and I had to come to terms with the trauma that I had growing up and the things I've seen.
1: Coming up on Latino USA, my conversation with Anthony Ramos continues.
0: Like tomorrow's gonna figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Like someone else will figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Give advice to my friends about their problems, but when they learn I
1: forget how to solve This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp, a truly affordable online counseling service. Fill out a questionnaire online and get matched with a licensed counselor best suited to your mental health needs. Whether it's depression, anxiety, or trauma, BetterHelp will help you overcome what stands in the way of your happiness. Learn more at BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month with promo code LATINO. BetterHelp. Get help anytime, anywhere. A Minneapolis business owner's daughter is called out publicly for racist, anti-Black tweets. Fighting to save his business and trying to make amends, he calls on a prominent Black Muslim leader for help. He's an Arab Muslim.
0: And I said, Brother Makram, I'm here to learn. Tell me what to do.
1: To hear what happens next, listen to Code Switch from NPR. we're back. In this part of the conversation, I talked to Anthony Ramos about his R&B pop and soulful album, The Good and the Bad, and what writing his own music means to him now. So now Hamilton has all of the success. You've been in movies and TV shows with top directors and actors, and now you have your debut album, The Good and the Bad. I mean, your album is really, okay, sorry, it's like a telenovela. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's ever told that to you before. That's so funny. No, no, no. You're the first. You're the first. It's basically like tu vida. You know, the album starts out, you're writing in a diary, but then you meet a girl, but then there's heartbreak and then you have to figure out your life. And at the end, you sort of kind of come home. And you figure out all the goodness that there is in your life. It's really structured as a personal journey. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, why did you do it?
0: I think I I just had a I had a lot to say that uh and right, like sometimes, you know, you can say it through someone else's words, right? Sometimes we we're blessed to play characters or sing songs that we feel like we can relate to, but sometimes they're just things there's sometimes there are things that only you can say. You know, sometimes there are moments in life that only you can recall, you know, and I think it's important for us to find those 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 moments for ourselves as artists, right? Like, you know, it's, sometimes someone can encapsulate the thing you want to say so much better than you ever could, but then sometimes no one can say what is on your heart better than you can say it. And I just had a moment, you know, my cast members were making albums. I had always wanted to make music, but, you know, it was really my boy Will Wells. He was on the music team for Hamilton, but Will came up to me. I'll never forget it after opening night off Broadway. And Will was like, yo, Ant, that was dope, bro. He was like, yo, man, um, everybody is really talented on that stage. But he was like, but you, you special.
1: Mm. He
0: was like, you ever wanted to make music? Wow. And I was like, yeah, I mean, actually, you know, I've, I've wanted to do that for a minute. And like, you know, I had been writing songs even before he asked me that. But I think, you know, the relationship with Will took everything to another level. And, you know, and I really I always give Will mad props because Will has been he's not only been a best friend, but he's been a mentor. You know, sometimes you need. Somebody to, to just bring it out of you, or somebody to just be like, Hey, I see something. What's up? You down or what?
1: Sometimes I wish my life was like a photograph. Double so, you, you have a new single. It's called yeah. Stop. stop. It stop. It I mean, we, we could have never imagined this year, this kind of challenge where we've had to stop everything. Yeah. And I'm wondering. Does your song have a different kind of feeling for you now in the context of everything that's going on?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just magnified. I think, you know, it it was something that was there already. The song is about how me individually, just as a human, I was never good at stopping. I was never good at that. You know, the lyrics are Sometimes I wish my life was like a photograph I'll double tap the good ones and just Photoshop the bad i put them in my wallet and my pocket If I need them, then I got them But life don't work like that I feel like I'm in Nikes on the track Even when my feet are up, my mind is running fast When I'm home, I get impatient When I'm gone, I kind of hate it But my life works like that, my life works like that. Sunsets in open water Skies full of technicolor There's beauty right in front of you There's so much to discover if you stop There's so much to discover if you stop. See what comes into focus, stop. It's kind of crazy what you notice, stop. It's like a setting sun. Soon it'll be almost over, so just stop, right? And like, it was like that song to myself, almost like, bro, just sit down, my dude. Because that might help you hone in on actually, you're tired, you're drained, you're exhausted, you're irritated, whatever. Maybe if you just stop and sit down and really get back to the heart of what is important in your life, it'll help you to understand all the things you've been spending your time on that you didn't need to be spending time on mm. before, you know, with people, with things, with job, whatever it is, right? Maria. I kid you not, we wrote that song two weeks before New York went on lockdown. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know I was about to go home and have to be locked in my house for months. I didn't know before when we wrote that song. And then boom, God, life is like, no, here here you go. You wanted to stop? Now you're really going to stop. And the world stopped. We don't have sports to distract us now. We don't have concerts. Nobody, we don't really have many escapes, Mm. but what we have in our homes through Netflix and Disney Plus and all these, and the music, like we can still escape that way. But like... You cannot hide from what has always been in front of us. Racism always been in front of us, right? You know, inequality, injustices, always. that's always been there. But it took a global pandemic for us to actually, like, stop. And then for it to also clear out all the other distractions that we usually have, for us to have no choice but to hone in right now on what is has always been the most important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even even in, in relationships with like people uh-huh. who you're locked in with, right? People with spouses and kids. You have no choice but to have that hard conversation. You could avoid it, but it's going to be a hard three months if you avoid <laughs> <laughs> that conversation that probably needed to be had five years ago or, or uh-huh. last week.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay. So last question. The video of the song, The Good and the Bad, You're in it, but there's also an actor who is playing your younger self. And, you know, you're able to really see that, yes, you are having an extraordinary moment in your life right now. But you can see in the video that there's also been a lot of bad. Yeah. And part of the video is this back and forth with little Anthony Ramos. Right, right, yeah. So, what advice would you give? What advice were you giving that little Anthony Ramos? I
0: think it was me telling myself, like, it's okay. Like, what you're going through is temporary. You know, what's happening to you is not forever. And just hold on. You know, that song, the lyric is hang on to the moments when you're flying, the moments when you cry, and Hang on to the ones that hold you down and the ones that ain't around. It's the good and the bad. Let you know, you know You just Sometimes it takes that kid in you, right? It's like it's almost like when we're kids, we're not afraid of the same things we're afraid of as adults, right? I think as kids, like you don't care what risk you're taking, but it is something that happens to us later on, I think, in life that. You know, our insecurities grow because of life experiences, right? And certain things happen, and they bring back memories of, well, you know, people made fun of me because of this. And as a result, I'm this way as an adult, right? Kids don't have all of that baggage, you know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like kids stress about the things that we stress about, right, as adults, and we always like, well, wait till you get old, you know? Adults always tell kids, don't grow up too fast. And I think it was kind of like young me reminding myself just don't grow up too fast, brother. It's okay. Mm. What you've been through is okay. Where you're at right now is because of what you've been through. And and just take it in stride. It's the good and the bad, you know?
1: But you're still standing. You're here. And there's hope. Well, you give us hope, Anthony Ramos. Thank you so much for joining me on Latino USA.
0: Thank you, Maria. I appreciate it. It's an honor.
1: Anthony Ramos is a singer and actor based in New York. The film version of Hamilton's original cast is now streaming on Disney Plus. Anthony's latest single, Stop, drops next month. This episode was produced by Ginny Montalvo and edited by Sofia Palizacá. The Latino USA team includes Miguel Macias, Luis Treyes, Janice Yamoka, Julieta Martinelli, Alisa Escarce, and Alejandra Salazar, with help from Raúl Pérez. Our engineers are Stephanie LeBeau and Julia Caruso. Additional engineering this week by Leah Shaw. Our director of programming and operations is Natalia Fidelholt. Our digital editor is Amanda Alcantara. Our New York Women's Foundation Ignite Fellow is Julia Rocha. Our interns are Sofia Sanchez and Marie Mendoza. Our theme music was composed by Zenia Rubinos. If you like the music you heard on this episode, stop by latinousa.org and check out our weekly Spotify playlist. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. And in the meantime, look for us on all of your social media. I te veo. Ciao. Latino
0: USA is made possible in part by The Annie E. Casey Foundation creates a brighter future for the nation's children by strengthening families, building greater economic opportunity, and transforming communities. California Endowment, building a strong state by improving the health of all Californians. And the heising Simons Foundation, unlocking knowledge, opportunity, and
1: possibilities. More at hsfoundation.org. I'm having a conversation with your son. Please don't interrupt us. <laughs> <laughs> <And you make laughs> it. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Next time on Latino USA, we bring you one of our How I Made It segments with Charlie Uruchima, host and co founder of Kichwa Hatari. It's the first Kichwa language radio station in the United States. That's next time on Latino USA.